This is Made in Montana News on the Treasure State Radio Network. I'm Jay Scott. St. Peter's Health, a hospital in Helena, has asked for a change in venue in a lawsuit filed by its former oncologist against that health care facility, saying the Helena area community has been exposed to gossip and innuendo, precluding the possibility of a fair trial. In a change of venue motion filed with Montana 1st Judicial District Court Judge Michael Menahan, the attorneys from St. Peter's Health, its chief executive officer, and several doctors noted a May 11th protest held by supporters of Dr. Thomas Weiner in front of the hospital. They say such demonstrations have gone on for merely two years since Weiner was dismissed and that there is bias on both sides. Quote, the possibility of seating an unbiased jury in Lewis and Clark County is clearly unlikely. Quote, bias and division surrounding this case pervades and there is no end in sight. The jury pool continues to be tainted. Accordingly, the defendants are compelled to bring forth the following motion to hold the trial in this matter where partiality is less pervasive to ensure that we are able to seat a jury and provide a fair trial in the case. Weiner's attorney said the defendants do not meet the threshold to move the trial. Quote, such an extreme request requires an extreme showing, they stated in their response. Unsupported, conclusory statements are simply not enough to meet the defendants' very high burden to force a change in venue. The court should deny the motion. Menahan has not reached a decision. Weiner had served as chief of staff and a member of St. Peter's Board of Directors during his nearly 25 years with the health system. He started with the hospital in 1996 and was removed October 15th of 2020. St. Peter's Health has said Weiner had incorrectly treated a patient for lung cancer for 11 years before it was determined that the person did not have the disease at the time of death. The hospital's legal counsel also said it learned of alarming narcotic prescribing practices by Weiner. Some of his patients have organized support groups for Weiner, doing weekly protests near the hospital and purchasing billboards in an effort to get him back to the hospital. In the meantime, Great Falls-based Benefice Health Systems has started offering oncology services at its northeast facility in Helena. The community group, We Stand with Dr. Tom Weiner, says it has 4,000 members on Facebook. The group has done weekly public demonstrations and posted billboards and run TV commercials in support of the doctor. In his lawsuit, Weiner alleges St. Peter's did not provide him with detailed information in regards to the claims against him and did not ask him any questions during the meeting specifically for patient care, nor were any physicians reviewing the claims and oncologists. On Wednesday, the Interagency Grizzly Bear Executive Committee heard a summary of the final Interagency Board of Review report on the Ovando Grizzly Bear facility that occurred exactly a year ago. The Fish and Wildlife Service Grizzly Bear Recovery Coordinator Hillary Cooley said the sad event led to several recommendations from the 11-member board. Cooley summarized briefly the timeline of events 
that led to the death of Leah Davis Locan, who was from Chico, California. She was bicycling across Montana with a group. They stopped in Ovando on July 5th. Locan and Kim and Joe Cole set up their tents near a museum in the middle of town. At 3 a.m., they heard a bear outside the tents and scared the bear away, then went back to their sleeping bags. Loken, however, had food inside her tent, which she moved into a building, but she didn't remove food that was in her bicycle saddlebags. An hour later, the Coles woke again in time to the noise of a bear attacking Loken. They made noise and deployed bear spray, and then the bear left. The Coles went for help. Investigators found two bags that previously contained and still smelled of dried blueberries in Loken's tent. She'd been using them to store toiletries. A response team spent the next two days piecing together the movements of the bear using citizen reports and motion camera photos. The bear is believed to have gotten into a number of chicken coops and improperly secured cash can- trash cans as well. Wildlife Service agents shot the bear at midnight on July 8th after it returned to a chicken coop it had raided 18 hours earlier, five miles east of Ovando. The team confirmed it was the same bear using DNA and other forensic evidence. Quote, our conclusion was that this was a predatory attack by a habituated or food-conditioned bear. Predatory attacks are rare, but they do happen, according to Cooley. Again, we quote, Food and toiletries inside and near the tent. There was food in the bike bags that was not removed. And it was July 6th. There were July 4th celebrations. They'd been cooking in the area. Those were all likely contributing factors. Cooley said that Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks bear biologist Jamie Jonko wondered if the young bear had spent a lot of time in Seeley Lake because, quote, It's really messy, and they don't have a lot of things in place to keep attractants from bears. The recommendations fall into six categories. Camping, communities, recreational events, responders, land agencies, and bear spray. Several recommendations just re-emphasize the suggestions that have been around a long time, such as storing food properly when camping and locating tents away from cooking areas. Another recommends that food storage orders exist for all public lands, a suggestion that has been discussed for years but has never been carried out. The recommendations do include a few new ideas. For example, for organized events in bear country such as bicycle rides, special permits should require organizers to educate participants about bears and provide special food storage. If a bear enters an area with tents, the board recommends that people not return to those tents and get into a hard-sided vehicle or building instead. Glacier National Park has often closed campgrounds to tent camping if a grizzly is in the area. Finally, Locan's friends and family suggested that bear spray manufacturers add a whistle mechanism to the canisters so they make noise whenever bear spray is deployed. It might serve to startle the bear. It would also alert other people in the area that a bear encounter is occurring. The coal ash ponds at the Coal Strip Power Plant are on a leaked EPA list of 160 contaminated ponds for which it wants to see 
closure plans. The list, first reported by E&E News, includes four portions of the Ash Pond complex at Coal Strip. In total, the complex spans 800 acres and involves nearly nine waste ponds. Leakage at the site is estimated to be roughly 200 million gallons of contaminated water a year for the past 30 years. One day's leakage is roughly the size of an Olympic swimming pool. It contains boron, sulfate, selenium, and heavy metals. Those ponds contain 6.7 million cubic yards from coal strip units 1 and 2, which were closed in January of 2020. More than 40 years old, those ponds are not lined with any material intended to prevent seepage into groundwater. Environmentalists say they're pleased to see the coal strip ash ponds on the EPA list. They hope federal attention will backstop the ash removal plan favored by DEQ, for which the environmentalists lobbied. The groundwater at Coal Strip is undrinkable. The power plant and its host community rely on water pumped 30 miles from the Yellowstone River. Private wells in the area have also been contaminated. Montana wildlife officials say a growing population of illegally introduced northern pike is threatening the native fish in two popular fisheries in northwest Montana. A recent survey conducted by Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks at Shady Lane Pond in Evergreen collected nine pike in three hours of netting, confirming the population is naturally reproducing. Biologists first identified northern pike in the pond nearly two years ago. The agency says it will stop future stocking efforts in the pond until a management response is developed. The fish that would be stocked at Shady Lane will be stocked elsewhere in the region for the time being. Quote, those fish would be better used elsewhere until we determine how to address the pike. That's according to FWP Fisheries Biologist Carrie Bettinger. Quote, continuing to stock trout would simply feed the pike population. At Lake Mary, Ronan, near Dayton, recent surveys have identified numerous pike in the lake. As a result of increasing pike populations in Lake Mary, Ronan, state officials say they are assessing other lakes in the region. Lake Mary, Ronan contains Kokani salmon, largemouth bass, rainbow trout, and illegally introduced yellow perch. They would all be impacted by a growing, naturally reproducing northern pike population. Northern pike are non-native everywhere in Montana besides the Saskatchewan River drainage on the east side of Glacier National Park. Officials warn that they feed almost entirely on fish and can eliminate a fish supply in only a few years. The Montana Department of Environmental Quality and the Department of Public Health and Human Services are receiving reports of algal blooms around the state. Algal blooms are harmful to Montana's reservoirs and lakes. Contact, ingestion, or inhalation can cause nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, headaches, and liver and kidney damage in people and animals. They are green, blue, or gold in color and look like grass clippings or paint spilled on a water surface. People planning on swimming in bodies of water should check with the state to see if blooms have been reported or health advisories have been posted. 
Marijuana sales in Montana went up in June, reaching a monthly total of almost $25 million. The Department of Revenue reported recreational marijuana at $17,200. So far this year, combined recreational and marijuana medical sales have totaled almost $150 million. That's brought in $21 million in state taxes. And Glacier National Park's Going to the Sun Road could have its latest opening ever. Since it was constructed in 1933, crews continue to try to clear deep snow. Park officials say the roads will not open before July 13th, and it will probably be after that. Cooler temperatures and heavy snows two feet on July 17th have hampered efforts to clear the road. If you need to hear this report again, please check the podcast on our Treasure State Radio or KGRT-DB webpages. Made in Montana News is podcast worldwide, with listeners in 46 U.S. states and Canadian provinces, in 24 countries on six continents. We also post our stories on Facebook. Made in Montana News is heard on the Treasure State Radio Network, including KMEH 100.1 FM in Helena, Elkhorn Mountains Radio in Jefferson County, Homegrown Radio in Bozeman, King West Radio in Billings, ResCast Radio on the Fort Peck Reservation, PIVA Radio in the Northern Cheyenne Nation, and Crow Res Radio of the Crow Nation. That's Made in Montana News. I'm Jay Scott. This is the Treasure State Radio Network.